You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, you're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Corey, a.k.a. Bayou Benders, alongside Mason Dixon, and this is Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. Back to another episode of Habs Nightly, Mason. Uh, I forgot to tell you, like I don't know, four or five episodes ago, but we've hit the 150 mark uh, for episodes for you. So congratulations, buddy. Um, probably a little bit, a little bit behind on that. But man, how are you? I'm not doing well, Corey. I'm not doing well. <laughs> Have been having some an existential crisis today. Yeah, wrote, wrote two back-to-back two-hour exams, and then I hit the hay, and instantly, sorry, instantly hit my bed, and then hit the hay, and had a hey, horrible dinner. dream about Marie Philip Poulin breaking her leg before she could play in the Olympics, for some random reason. Maybe I'm a wizard. Who knows? We'll see. Uh, but no, <laughs> I I'm, I'm all right. I guess. How are you, buddy? I thought your existential crisis was going to be about uh, you thinking twenty years old is is fucking uh, that, that, was, that was that was my existential <clears throat> crisis. Yeah, yeah, I remember I got one of those too, and then like ten years passed, and I was like, "What the fuck happened?" And I did it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, I am. I got to work late tomorrow, so I'm happy we were able to get this done on time. I'm working the Billie Eilish concert. I think it's the first night of her shows, and um, I picked it up for very easy money. So excited for that. Billie Eilish's first album was pretty dope uh, back in, like, I don't know, pre-COVID. feels like 10 years ago. When she was, like, 14. Oh, I don't mean the first one. I'm sorry. The, the one that was, like, big. So I guess that's the second one. Whatever one blew her the fuck up, that one. That was a good one. Where it was like, yeah, oh, she's, 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 like, Heights. she's like my age, I think. Yeah, she's, I think she's like 20 years old, something like that. 19, yeah. 20. Someone around now. But hey, man, guess what? I don't really expect a lot of uh, beer drinking. There'll probably I was be a gonna, lot of alcohol. So I was going to cool ask. That. I was like, how much how much beer do you think is going to be uh, so, drank at a Billie Eilish concert? I don't know, but it's a sold out show. So I'm sure there's a bunch of people that are going to be interested in having beer. Um, so maybe a little bit. I, I don't expect too much. Um, I'm hoping for that because, like, I want to watch, like, television. Like, I didn't get to watch uh, the new Book of Boba Fett episode yesterday or today. I guess it would be yesterday for y'all. Um, so I'd like to catch up on that tomorrow. I like to watch uh, some hockey during these things, but I think to I think Wednesday was the last day uh, before the All-Star break, so that's going to suck. Um, and then my cousin's like, yeah, Saturday's going to be sick because we're also working Saturday. we got to work the fucking Tool concert, um, which they're going to drink a lot, and it's going to be fucking miserable. But he was like, yeah, man, I'm excited to like watch some television. I'm like, that's not fucking happening. And he's like, yeah, man, we can watch some hockey. I'm like, that's also not fucking happening. Um but yeah, no, I'm I'm doing pretty good, dude. Uh, my fucking my chemical burns just about gone. I've been wearing gloves like a fucking idiot all all week, uh, <laughs> putting lotion on like a madman. But uh, I think I'm doing I think I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's good to hear. And just to clarify, I, I uh, checked it out while you were speaking. She was 15 years old when she released her number one song, Ocean Eyes. Oh, I don't like that. Don't like that album. Don't like that song. I didn't like it till it got to like dark Hawthorne Heights shit. (laughs) I don't know what her new album sounds like, but that that one album that was like 2006 emo shit. Yeah, dig the fuck out of it. Uh, Very good. Uh, Yes. (laughs) But moving on from that, but keeping on the subject of music, did we even talk about the All-Star Games 
what do you want to call it? Like fucking halftime show. I didn't know they did one. Well, I guess MGK is performing. Oh god, who gives a fuck, Mason? Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry. Woo! <laughs> the greatest artist of our oh, generation, yeah. Machine just, Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Good lord. Uh, well, I hope <laughs> you enjoy it. Um, I hope. I, I guess that's what the people want. Um, hopefully, a lot of young kids turn out and watch it, and it gets really good ratings this year. I didn't even know they did a musical number. Um, I didn't either, to be honest. I wonder if it's the new thing. I mean, it's good that the NHL is trying to, like, actually get someone current. And, you know, I, well, you know, I'm a fan yeah. of MGK. Of the boy, yeah. Hey, I think I think you should uh, I think you should appreciate him though. He's brought pop punk, you know. You fucking you fucking is. posted that shit, and I rolled my eyes so fucking hard. <laughs> I got a fucking I got an I don't know like I got a fucking headache, dude. Don't you fucking dare. There's so many great pop punk bands that have been making the scene still around, and this fucking nerdy ass looking idiot with tattoos comes along <laughs> and he makes a fucking pop punk album and everyone's like oh sweet jesus oh god it's amazing i think oh, you should, tiktok people you know what you sound like you're like one a of fucking those, boomer you said you're it one before. of those old head hockey guys that's like doesn't want to expand the game the game belongs to canada you're one of those guys with no so punk. look i'll give machine gun um Kelly some credit that he took a bunch of kids your age and younger and introduced them to pop punk um which hopefully they expand past that and check out like other bands and shit so good for him on doing that it was just your tweet was so fucking hubris i couldn't stand it that him <laughs> him alone him alone had revived pop punk that hasn't been dead oh, no, since no, the no. 90s. That tweet was directed towards you, but it wasn't. Oh, what an asshole. It wasn't. What an asshole. I didn't of... even like it. I was like, I'm not fucking responding to this shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's not gaslighting me. Oh, but you know? and I think. Because I'm know, sitting at home listening to like Blink-182. I'm like, look at this <laughs> fucking loser. The audacity. The audacity. Well, that, that's the thing. You you know I listen to Blink One Eighty Two. So yeah, I do think it's great that he's like as you said introduced uh, the whole punk scene to a lot of younger people. But I think in a way too, like I think the punk scene needed. Pop I think punk. it needed something because I'm this as someone that's listened. What to you're saying punk is they needed. They needed like a. <sighs> A poster child for like the new wave i guess you could say they did they really don't have one in i don't think the last oh, five really? years i and i'm and i'm talking mainstream success hawthorne heights what's that hawthorne heights just put out a new album they haven't stopped making music since like fucking mid 2000 delicious paramore really still, paramore still makes music do you think they're Hey, 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 I'm hey, sure, hey, I'm sure Jimmy... Their last album, slapped. Jimmy their last Eat, album, slapped. Jimmy Eat World still makes up that music, too. What was the last time you heard them on the do. radio? I don't think they do. I think they do. Anymore. I don't know. Wasn't a big Jimmy Eats World fan. A uh, little bit was cool here and there. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they started as a ska band. Fun fact. Um, no, I think that was Hoobastank. Hoobastank was a ska band. <laughs> Hoobastank. Dude, Hoobastank's first That's album, the Sky album, great. It was great. And then they fucked it up by trying to go like alternative pop punk. And I was like, ah, oh, y'all fucked up. Yeah, um, uh, sorry. Jimmy Eat World released their 10th album in October 2019. Good for them. Good yeah, for but them. did you listen to it? No. Because <laughs> I wasn't a big no. I wasn't a Jimmy Eats World fan. Sorry. I liked Malcolm in the Middle, but that's as far as it went, you know. <laughs> okay, well, my point being, I do think it's, uh, I think it's funny how MGK pisses off all the pop, all the just fucking look heads. at him, look at him, look at him. Have you look seen him play the guitar? God, can he actually like me? 
No, can he, he can't. actually play the guitar? He can't. Dude, they hooked this fucking dude up, and it looked like 2010 Little Wayne with his fucking guitar just playing just average fucking notes. It was like, oh, dude, just go find it on TikTok. It was actually, amazing. what am I saying? Yeah, fucking. It was amazing. Y- you name drop Blink-182, and Travis Barker is the guy that produces all his music now. That's fine. Travis Barker knows where the fuck the money's at. He sits there and pops a snare like Jesus Christ, and that's that's it. I, I ain't upset with Travis Barker. <laughs> I'm not upset with Machine Gun Kelly. I'm upset with you trying to say that he's the next coming of Jesus for pop punk. I have okay, <laughs> reel it in a little bit. I haven't well, said that. Me. Well, hey, you you know you name dropped getting Corey and Richie on here the other day. Yeah, we need to get them on. Also, the rain just follows me by Hawthorne Heights is fucking delicious. Great album. I'll have to check it out, but when you we won't. Do get... You fucking won't, because I told you to check out Origami Angel, and I haven't heard back from you. I did check it out. They did. You didn't check. I did too. Shit. I did. You checked too. it out at five a.m. while you were passed the fuck out. It came oh, on probably. your playlist. <laughs> probably. <laughs> Anyway, when we get oh, Corey and Richie on, I'm going to send Corey on you after she rips me a new one for shitting on the Arizona Coyotes. Oh, I don't, dude, dude look, they can berate me for Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly. Don't care. Don't care. We'll do it live. We'll do it on a camera and I'll eat fucking a bowl of strawberries. I don't give a fuck. It's not going to, you can't hurt my feelings with Machine Gun Kelly. It's not going to happen. Well, I will say one thing. The, in a way, I think the NHL has, as much as I think it's funny, and I think MGK is, as a human and an individual, if I see one more thing about his relationship with Megan Fox, I might throw up. Yeah, me too. Imagine but, also hearing people say that his music's revolutionary. <laughs> oh, completely new sound. Never before heard. From him, yes. <laughs> I think Little Wayne did it too, and his was pretty good too. <clears throat> In saying that, though, I think the NHL has gotten some success. We'll get some success from it because I know the only reason I'm going to tune in is because I want to know what's going on there. Like, I want to see what's going on with MGK, and I, I might look at something Suzuki does, but I probably won't stay tuned for the actual skills competition. As a fan, at least, as a content creator, I might watch more of it, but I think it is good that the NHL is trying to do something because the, the All-Star game is a perennial or an annual topic, we it sucks. No one likes it. Like it, it's it's been that way for the better path part of a decade, and they haven't really. What do you want to say? Switched it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think it's nice that they're doing something to try and make it a little more interesting for fans. I'm glad you kind of brought up uh, the games, though. So you said Nick Suzuki. I just saw a stat, and it's based on uh, the speed of this season mm-hmm. so far he's ranked number four at 24 miles an hour uh just point one under connor mcdavid yeah the fourth highest top speed in the nhl this mm-hmm. year i saw that and i was like wow good for him because i mean he's definitely improved um i just didn't realize it was to that extent um i think they got thomas hurdle is like it's either him or, or What's his name? Uh, it was Timo Meyer. Timo, Timo Meyer, Meyer clocked yeah. the highest. Um, how much do you want to bet, though, Suzuki <laughs> clocked that pace back-checking because Ben Sherratt and Safari <laughs> got burned? Probably so. Probably I'd be so. willing to put money on it. Jeez. Um, but moving on. So last time we talked, uh, it was right before the, the Blue Jackets game. Um, it was a bit of excitement because there was the possibility of Gallagher and uh, Paul Byron coming back. Uh, They both did play in the game. It was another uh, bad showing. I felt bad for Byron and Gallagher. Uh, Both of them combined for a negative five uh, plus minus. I know that's not the biggest stat in the world, but it's like welcome back to the show. You guys missed uh, the fucking worst season in the world. Um, And then another thing we talked about, I mentioned they should not separate Rem Pitlick 
and Jake Evans, and they fucking do it Ooh. like immediately. You were so, right. I'm sorry. I am sorry about that, but they should not have done that. Um, I think no, they but put- you were right. They played so much better together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, unbelievably. So it was just, I don't know. It seems every time there's a good line combination, Dominic Ducharme. I don't like that. I don't like this. I don't like this jazz. Yeah. Fucking moves on he, from it real quick. He, under, he understands the assignment. Hashtag pain for shame. <laughs> well, I mean, Nick Suzuki opens it up. You got Leckie's first assist. Uh, also had a, a tremendous game, a goal and two assists. Um, his war right now is looking better and better. It's kind of crazy that the talks of him possibly getting moved and then he goes on an explosive past couple of past couple of games and he's just finding finding ways to be creative finding the back of the net offensive uh, his offensiveness is just at <clears throat> his top peak right now and uh, a, well, little sad, a little sad cuz he's he's producing you know Lekkinen's uh even strength defense is in the 100th percentile in the league yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it was like 99 point whatever. I think um, I think he hit and the J Fresh card, I think he finally hit 100. Good for him. Yeah, he's unreal. Uh on five on five. But then uh the onslaught yeah. happens. You got like fucking four or five more goals. But I, I think <laughs> there was a really interesting article out today on the athletic from Mark Antoine Godin and uh Arpon Basso. Mm-hmm. And it really highlighted the new era of the Montreal Canadiens. And I say that because, um, you know, we have Chantal Maccabee as the uh, director of communications now. Has it not been so noticeable, even just on Twitter with the team account, interaction with fans, updates? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, this new transparency that the Montreal Canadiens are taking to heart. Chantal has a big major role in that, as we knew we knew from the start that she was going to be a breath of fresh air. Right. But Kent, Kent Hughes, too, has yeah. come in, and he's been honest, and he's talk, been very open about what he wants to do. And, you know, Montreal notoriously under the Marc Bergevin regime, you couldn't get anything. Elliot Friedman and Pierre LeBron couldn't get anything. Like it was a tight-lipped um, run organization, and now you we're seeing this transparency that I think fans have just wanted from the start. And for those of you who don't have an athletic um, subscription, I don't blame you. It, it can be annoying. It can be annoying. I got mine discounted. Mm-hmm. Only reason I have it. What's that? Is it because you're in school? Um, I don't. I think it was like a Black Friday. It was like right okay. after when they had to fire a bunch of their writers. <laughs> Jesus. Well, they because they during COVID, right? Mm-hmm. So I got I got a subscription for like whatever, and it stayed. And plus, you know, being a podcaster, it's useful to have these things. And mm-hmm. this article basically goes on and it talks with it's this talk with Ken Hughes and kind of what he's thinking of doing. And he puts a lot of emphasis on um, the draft and what he wants to do with the draft. And I thought it was really funny because he kind of um, what's the word took a big shot (laughs) at Mark Bergevin, Mark Bergevin, (laughs) Corey, I'm sure you can remember him saying, in the past uh the draft is not an exact science we need to have a lot of picks so so some of them hit yeah i'm sorry yeah this is a quote from hughes if it was just darts on a board you wouldn't spend a heck of a lot of money on a scouting staff and i think we should spend more there's going to be an element of uncertainty to the draft no question about it But in the player representation business, it's been a hell of a lot more uncertain. We've recruited kids at 14 to 15 years of age, and we've never had the benefit of interviewing them and deciding whether we want to represent them. 
Whereas here they go through psychological testing. They have all kinds of things to get on. They, they, they can go on for all these draft eligible players. So no, I believe in being able to identify and target the right target and pick the right players. Basically he's saying it's not a fucking lottery. You, you know, you, you can figure out who's the best to pick. It's not up to chance. Mm-hmm. Which is, and he further went on to say, talk about how he wants to spend more money on the analytics and the scouting department. And Ken Hughes is such a breath of fresh air. <laughs> I, I can honestly say that I was hesitant when they first hired him because I wasn't sure. I didn't know enough about the man. And I was a little nervous because there is, a, I think, player agents going to GMs I think a lot of the, it doesn't happen as often as other hockey operations roles that transition into general management mm-hmm. but I think that's a good point he makes like he has to as an agent decide whether a kid at 14 or 15 is going to be in the NHL there is an aspect of scouting involved and to hear the way he spoke um, not only regarding the draft but regarding the veteran players he said look we're not going to trade everyone for the sake of being you know, trading everyone. We're going to look right. at guys. We're going to see how it is. I'm not going to be scared of guys who are going into their thirties with their contract, if they can provide something for this team. So this new direction Montreal is headed in. Um, I'm just honestly very excited. And I think it's all going to start to kind of kick off and unravel after the all-star break. No, I think you're right. I loved his comment on uh, the dartboard. Thought that was brilliant. Uh, <laughs> the dartboard comment? Yeah, he was like, uh, anybody can just throw um, throw a dart at the yeah. board and, and, and hit something. And I was like, guys, fucking dudes, off the cuff already. I love it. <laughs> but no, yeah, um, crazy. I like that they actually like, like we're gonna get money funded into the right things, like the scouting and all that. It's it, it just feels really nice to not just base somebody off of uh I wouldn't say just his answer, but just based off of like the little bit that they can see. And Montreal has really moved their money around and not put enough in, I would think, scouting and like analytics for the future. And I just like that this has been a key, a key component into what their future is is you know hemmed on i guess you could say and uh well the the great part about analytics yeah sorry to interrupt no no, no. the great part about analytics and i don't swear by them as other people do i think it's known but i do think they're a great tool in the in the aspect in the sense that if you have a player or actually, let me, if there's a team, a player on another team that isn't producing and the fans are mad and management's upset with him, he's in a third, fourth line role. And he's kind of a guy like Rem Pitlick where he has great underlying numbers, but he's not producing. If you can identify with those underlying, that he has those underlying numbers and then identify what's going on, watch the game tape you can really look for those things and say, Oh, he's not scoring because of this. Or if we could fix this, you know, he's, he's scoring way under the rate he's expected. If we can get what he's expected, he'll become a 20 goal scorer, stuff like that. I think it's even more useful for the depth guys in those roles that you can then elevate. And I think that the analytic department and the scouting department under Kent Hughes yes. When you talk about that, you think like young guys, the draft, but I get the sense that Kenny Hughes isn't just trying to revamp the amateur scouting. The pro scouting is also going to be increased. And I think that is almost just as, if not more important than the amateur scouting. If you can find guys for bargains and you can, you know, take guys off teams that they had already dismissed, then you're going to be ahead of the curve, not only in your rebuild, but when you become a contender and you're like Tampa, you have to keep bringing in role guys and expecting them to perform better because you're up against the cap. I, um, I hope that Kent Hughes and what they want to do for the future. I hope that it's like that 
it's like Jonah Hill's character off of well, the man he plays because it's a real life story about off of Moneyball. I hope that's what we're getting. Like someone that's like reading <laughs> genius. Yeah, you're like reading it correctly. Like, no, we don't need to spend all this money on this dude. We can get these two guys that are gonna put up the same amount and it'll be glue players, kind of like a Joel Edmondson, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, nah, don't we can we can spend that money better on you know more than just one person who's going to have a decent season and we're going to have two people with an average season that are just better suited for this team. Uh, I don't know. Now I want to watch Moneyball. Uh, but that's kind of what it reminds me of. It's like this new wave that we're going through or, you know, what they, what they want the future of the Canadians to be and it based off of, you know, better scouting and, and revolved around um, a lot more analytics since we really haven't had any. Um, it reminds me of like <clears throat> off of Moneyball, how it was just like fucking. Um, what the fuck? It, what the, you realize the, the Oakland you A's are just like uh, we're just bringing in people. It's not fucking working. We just lost a big, a top three players to free agency type of shit. And you bring in this one kid. It's like. Oh no! You, we could try. We can do this. This kid's gonna, you know, this person neat has been wanting a shot. If he gets a shot, he's gonna do fine. He's a glue player, and it's like they finally accepted analytics into their game, and they fucking ran with it. You know? Um, yeah, and I think I think baseball for sure is definitely a sport that analytics. Trump. More, yeah, analytics are most important in baseball. I think than any other sport. Because baseball has always been a mathematical game and Mm -hmm. it hasn't changed since the 1900s. Like it's been the same game. And if you, I don't know if you've ever watched, um, there's this, oh fuck, what's it called? SB Nation has this series. No, I have not. It's all about, it's all about like the math and sports and baseball Mm -hmm. is always easy to calculate because they have the same stats. You can look at war, the war, the wins above replacement of Babe Ruth. Hmm. And in hockey, you can't do that. You can't look at the wins above replacement of Maurice Richard because he didn't track that stuff, right? Right. So baseball, not only, I think, does the game translate more to, to math because, like, analytics because it's a numbers game, but also you just have a larger data pool. You've seen stuff for much longer and trends are easily identifiable. But I like what you said in terms of you hope like kind of that aspect in Montreal, because I really do firmly believe that analytics are, are not everything, but that they should be used as an important tool. And if Montreal can adopt using analytics as a tool to then validate what they're seeing on the ice, or maybe make them look for something they're not seeing and then they're able to identify that in a player. I think that would be very beneficial to the organization and the players, right? No, absolutely. And I I mean, I don't think we're going to have like a genius level, you know, like it's going to be like one in a million type of thing, but it's just so crazy to think that teams have been doing this for over a decade and we're just, you know, we're just buying our, you know, our first, computer since like a windows 95 it feels like you know like it's just weird that teams are so far advanced into understanding it and we're just finally dipping our toes in it but it's a it's a group that wants to like once we dip our toes in it we're like fucking jumping straight in like we're just so far behind and i know we've said it before but it just feels so good to be i guess on a competitive level with the rest of the league when it comes to analytics, because fuck that, that was literally like a broom closet before um, Gordon and Hughes came in. Like it wasn't, well, we don't talk about that. You know, like that, that's nothing we're interested in. You know, um, it's just, it's just nice to, to see a trend that has picked up in the sport taken serious with the new GM and the new vice, well, the new president, you know, <clears throat> no, definitely. I think 
I think overall, like if we had to give, if you had to give a number grade to Ken Hughes and kind of what you've seen from him so far, what would you, what do you think you'd give him? I'd give him a seven. Uh, and that's just based off. We haven't, we haven't had a lot from him, but what he's saying is just new. It's nice. It's kind of what we want to hear. Um, and I think that that's a fair opinion. I don't want to put him too neutral because I feel like uh, he's just the way he's speaking is, is kind of in the direction that I want to see the team go. And um, I don't, I don't want to give him, I'm not going to say a fucking 10 because he really hasn't done anything. He hasn't had a chance to, to do much yet. So I think a seven's pretty high uh, or a seven is right where I would want him to be. Um it's just that's a hopeful, you know, a guess. Definitely. No, I think seven's <clears throat> fair. To me, just so we're not the same, I'd say seven point seven and a half because nice. I agree with what you're saying. I think well, I'm just no, you no, can't, no, 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 you can't no, give him anything it's just, more, right? It's like no, you're right. He hasn't proven anything and he hasn't he's not shitty, so you're not you don't want to give him a five or lower, you know. So it's like I think a six is too too modest, and a seven's right around the, the wheelhouse for it, you know? Yeah, no, I totally agree. And I think if he can – if he implements what he's saying, it does that. Like, I, I'll – you know, the results will speak for themselves, but I would – we'll start rating him higher because I think that's the direction NHL club needs to go nowadays so that you're not just, you know – throwing darts trying to win a lottery gambling with your future or you know betting on a draft on a draft pick to pan out but on the topic of betting we have an announcement from our sponsors DraftKings. yes we do the moment we've been waiting for since september is finally here in honor of the big game DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of super bowl 56 is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. That means Louisiana. We finally got it this week uh, or last week. If Sportsbook isn't in your state yet, play DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest for Super Bowl 56. New customers can get a free shot at $1 million in top prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. It must be 21 or older, minimum age, and location requirements vary by ju- jurisdiction, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN Red Line. That's 1-800-8899-789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat. God, in New York, call 877-8-HOPNEY. That's H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. To, or that's 467-369. I just said HOPNEY. It's, it's, it's Hope, New York. Jesus Christ. Anyway, that's, that's the ad read. <laughs> HOPNEY. Wow. HOPNEY. That was yes. a big one. Thank you for that, Corey. And thank you for anyone that actually listened and didn't just skip right on through. Um, <laughs> what you had another topic you wanted to, <laughs> you wanted to talk about. I'm not sure <laughs> if you have enough air in your lungs left to bring it back up, but yeah. Um, so while we were, while we were recording uh, last week, Carrie Price was also giving his conference and uh, we just spoke on one of the key um, you know, topics that had got brought up, which was whether or not he was going to, he might play again. And, you know, we, we kind of went into our own opinions and discussed it a little bit, but, uh, you know, uh, um, among the other things that he had, you know, they had asked him was, um, 
you know, his decision to ask for help as, you know, with stepping away from the team, um, along with the support from us Habs fan and the hockey world itself. Uh, he just said he was tremendously grateful for all the support, Jesus, uh, all the support, um, but not just, you know, from Montreal, uh, his teammates and his family, but just, you know, everyone in the hockey hockey world. Uh, and I'm, you know, he went on to say that, you know, it, it really meant a lot to him. Um, what I liked was a question that they brought up and, you know, he can, he can only be so vague, you know, it's something he's not really sure on, but it was whether or not uh, he could return this season. And, you know, uh, he said, it's definitely the objective uh, this season. Um, it was, it's his goal, but uh, ever since he's gotten back here, you know, it's a couple of setbacks that weren't foreseen frustrating, you know, stuff like that, which we've kind of already, we kind of know the gist of it, but uh, I'm glad that they weren't too like rude and asking the questions, you know what I'm saying? But I thought that was a good one because he answered it. I think a, a very carry price way, you know, like I, you know, the goal is to come back, you know, but there's been some setbacks and, and all that shit that really pushes it to where it's, it's kind of uncer- uncertain, but, um, I loved his answer on the topic we talked about uh, on Sunday or well, Monday, I'm sorry, um, that he might not play again. And that's scary. But, you know, he said that that is it is a possibility. Uh, there's a lot to go over the next couple of weeks that will determine the rest of my season. So I'm obviously a little bit anxious myself to find out some answers. I don't have them right now, but we'll find out soon enough. Um, I like his optimism. He's, he's, he's not allowing it to go past this season. Um, and that makes me a little bit more hopeful than how I was feeling um, the, the last episode where I'm just like fucking pack it in because, you know, I think it's more important to be able to fucking walk and, and run and hold my kids and stuff like that. But, um, but yeah, that I don't know if you I'm sure you got to rewatch it and stuff like that. But uh, I just wanted to bring that up. I know we only really got to cover a bit of it. Uh, last episode because it was it was still going on uh just a little bad timing on that but it was really like the only slot we had available to record but um you had any more any comments on it uh yeah i think it's important to note that as you said Kerry price is ruling out entirely the idea that he might miss time next season which i think is good um i think Yes, he sounded uncertain, but he also sounded optimistic in the mm-hmm. sense that he believes in himself and he believes in his ability to come back and play for the Montreal Canadiens. In saying that, I think it's important to recognize that Carey Price is a 34-year-old man, and by next season, he will be 35. Now, I do believe that Price will be back at some capacity this season. I really do believe that he'll suit up. I think he's too stubborn. I think he'll he'll come in and he'll play. <laughs> However, next season, I don't know. Listen, a lot of great hockey players have come back and i mean legendary hockey players have come off of horrible injuries and you know everyone said oh this will be their decline and they've come back and they've had a few you know great years in their the later later stage of their career and that is it's very possible price does this and does that he's a battler he's apparently been battling these knee issues for a while and he's remained an elite goalie but you know, that's the story we always hear on the media, and that's the story fans always want to talk about. In reality, that story more often than not is the end of a player's like Price's career. Mm-hmm. It's where you see that decline. And I think that as a fan, as a lot of has fans, I think will probably agree. It could be rough <laughs> next season. If we see Carey price return and he's not 
Carey Price. He's a 35-year-old man right. who hasn't played hockey in a year and just came off of knee surgery. You know, and I think fans are going to have to temper their expectations mm-hmm. to that reality because, yes, he is Carey Price, but the Carey Price fans think or kind of see in front of them is often the 28, 27-year-old Carey Price who was the best goalie on the planet, one of the best goalies of all time. This is a 35-year-old Carey Price that we're probably going to see who's battered, bruised, and tired, (laughs) right? I think that this won't be the end of Price's career, but I think this is definitely going a perfect situation for the gates to open you have a new gm a new president of hockey operations you're probably going to have a new head coach you have a phenomenal goalie prospect in caden primo you have a lot of high draft picks coming in the foreseeable future you're probably not going to win for a while like it just as much as i hate to say it after thinking about it more and you know seeing the rest of that conference I almost, depending on what happens in the offseason, I almost hope Price's career in Montreal is over and he can chase a cup somewhere else because I think his days as a number one elite goalie could very well be be over after this, to speak honestly. Mm-hmm. No, uh, I can understand that. Uh, we've said that in the past that, if he had an opportunity to, to go somewhere else and win a cup, we would be fine. Us, us, not the Habs community, would be fine with that because he's well-deserving of it. Um, that motive changed a little bit last year when we started. I mean, the entire season was really good. But, but no, I think that narrative needs to be brought back up again. You know, he did touch on something like that about his, uh, his contract and his no, you know, his no uh, trade clause. I said he wants to stay here, but at the same time, it's like, do you want to finish out your career with a, with a, uh, finally with a rebuild team? Because I don't think he's had to deal with this level of, of rebuild where there's, it's like scraping the bottom and you're, you're going to be the person in that, you know, getting swarmed. It's going to, I mean, we had what 52 back to back games where we you know had 50 shots on goal how much can he handle with that you know um but no i like i trust your opinion uh i think it was well said um it's just a scary <laughs> you know it's it's a very uh sobering thought as to what to expect from Carey Price uh next season it's just uh, the reality of the position too, right? Yeah. You point out that I listen, I think this might be a hot take. I think Price has played on worse teams than this Habs team. Okay. I really believe that Carey Price has played as bad as this roster is, there's some talent on it. Okay. Like I don't think this is the worst Montreal Canadian. They are on pace to be the worst statistical season ever in the history of the Montreal Canadiens. I don't think this is the worst roster the Montreal Canadiens have ever put on the ice. Hmm. We had a season where Daniel Carr started on our left wing. <laughs> our, our, sorry, on our, on our second line left wing. Like There have been worse Montreal Canadiens teams, but the difference being there was Carey Price. <laughs> and Carey Price, he in his prime is one of the most dominant forces in any position in hockey I've ever seen. And as a Habs fan, you know, you could call it bias. I think it's true. He, he is, was so dominant and so good. And he was able to put up with that pressure. I just question if you'd be able to do that now, like we saw in the playoffs, he was able to really persevere and push through and keep the Montreal Canadiens in every series they played in except Tampa. But he also had Shea Weber. Uh, Jeff Petrie wasn't playing horribly. 
He had Philip Deneau, Thomas Hart, and Gallagher on a line, which is one of the best defensive five-on-five lines at all, but defensive lines in general mm-hmm. in hockey. I, I think it would just, for me saying, I hope Price finds a place to play, it would be very sad, I think, for me to have to watch Carey Price perform poorly in the Blue Blanc Rouge. But I, I also think that it's probably more than likely that he does retire as a Montreal Canadian. I don't know how you think. I just think Price has no desire to play anywhere else. I don't think he does. And you're also – the people that are in the head office now are – you know, they, they know the legacy of Carey Price. They've seen him. You know, they're not stupid. But this isn't their guy. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's going to be a thing, too, is they're going to be looking to build the future. And with Carey Price being out, he's not in that picture right now. You know, I don't really see them saying, oh, well, we don't really have to look for goaltending or, or we don't have to, you know, keep that as, as, a, as a, a high up bullet point. Because Carey Price is coming back. This isn't their guy. You know what I'm saying? Um, they didn't draft him. He w- They weren't here for the years of it. So I don't think that their connection or their ties with him is going to be as strong as, you know, if if uh, Bergevin was here when Carey Price came back, you know. I think, you know, Bergevin would have rode him until he was ready to leave. And I think that uh, Hughes and Gordon – I think that they'd give him an option, but it's not going to be anywhere near what it was, if if any, to be honest. Um, but I guess we'll have to look forward to that in the future. Um, fuck, it's crazy. But um, if you don't have anything else to say on that, we can move on to our last bit of information before we log out for this episode. No, yeah, I'm 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 good to move on. Yeah. So um, so this is a. This is a pretty fun, fun thing. So for Friday, um, it's they're calling it a Heritage Classic rematch. It's a uh, it's in support of the Alberta Lung and NWT. I'm not quite sure what that is, but um, it's the Edmonton Oilers alumni versus the Canadians alumni, and um, it's gonna be on uh, at 7 p.m. You can watch it on Canadians.com. It's going to have a uh, former Habs roster, guys of uh, Matthew Dandino, Mike Keane, uh, Sean Bell, Eric Houdon. No, I'm sorry, not Houdon. Uh, Houd, Oleg Petrov, uh, Jesse Belanger, sorry. Uh, Yvonne Lambert is going to be the head coach. Oil is going to have Glenn Anderson. Fuck yeah. Louis DeBrusque. Fernando Pisani, Jason Strudwick, former Canadians, uh, George LaRock's going to be on the team, and Ben Scrivens. feels like Ben Scrivens hasn't been gone that long. But uh, Kevin Lowe will serve as head coach. But, I mean, cool. Hey, Ben Scrivens is on a fucking alumni for, you know, one of the most decorated Canadian teams other than us. Well, at least in the fucking 80s. Uh, but, no, it's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> They, they also host an online 50-50 raffle on the game day. Proceeds uh, assisting the Alberta Lung and the NWT. I'm sorry, I don't know what that is. Uh, I think it has something to do. I think it's like the Canadians benefit part. You know, like Alberta's got their thing and then the Habs are going to have their, you know, some type of uh, – I don't know what the fuck you call it. But, uh, you know – some type of help people thing. Jesus, that sounds so South, just Southern trying to, you know, make words make sense, but they don't at this moment. But uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know if that's taking place the day before the all-star breaks. I mean, the all-star game starts, not sure. Uh, but I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, other than that, uh, I figured we, we let's, let's save talking about the Petri trade talk till next episode. I think we should really, let it let the pot stir a little bit more. But uh, another thing starting today, when you guys listen to this, uh, the prelims for the Olympics are starting and the women's ice hockey is going to be taking place. I'm sure you guys only give a fuck about Canada. So Canada is going to be playing uh, Switzerland uh, for their first preliminary round. It's going to be at fuck, 22, 10. What's that? 10 o'clock 
uh, Eastern, or it could be 11 o'clock for y'all because it's saying it's in my time. God, I'm not good with uh, military time. Um, but it's going to be women's all the way up till um, Tuesday. And on Wednesday, the men's preliminary is going to start. And for y'all, because y'all really probably only give a fuck about Canada, it'll be at 7, 10 in the morning. Canada's playing Germany. And at 7, 10, also, the U.S. is going to be playing the People's Republic of China. Uh, very excited for that. Mason just wants to uh, see how bad Canada can beat China's ass. I'm really excited. I know we talked about it before this. I'm hoping that that the women's uh, China pads for their goalie, incredible. I hope the men's looks just as good. Someone said, step your step your goalie pad game up. And I think that's right. It's got the Chinese dragon on it. looks beautiful. Um, but I think that's it, Mason. Uh, I don't have anything else written down. Um, I know you want to get back to bed after having a hard day of thinking about what it's like being 20 years old, um, but also <laughs> schoolwork. I understand that. That's the worst of it. But uh, if you don't have anything else to say, we can roll up out of here, buddy. Um, Not much to add other than – Ben Scrivens, NHL record holder, most saves in a shutout. Oh. Weirdest record stat ever, because when I think of Ben Scrivens, I think of him getting absolutely destroyed behind the Edmonton Oilers and for a season with Montreal. But uh, no, I don't have – I don't think I really have anything else to add other than uh, aging sucks. And I'm not here for it. Jesus. Um, you better enjoy your time. Go get a Polaroid. <laughs> Start taking pictures. You're going to miss it. <laughs> to give some context to talking about, because someone asked me what day I was born, like the weekday, and I didn't know. And one of my other buddies said, how would he know that's two decades ago or 20 years ago? And I was like, fuck. But no, yeah, I'm still young, still enjoying my youth. Probably not going to enjoy the – well, I'm probably going to enjoy the All-Star game a little more because Pop Punk's greatest artist oh, will be performing. All-time <laughs> low? <laughs> All-time low. All right. Anyway, uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for putting up with us. And, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. So, uh, Corey, take us out. Yeah, man. Uh, thank you all so much for listening. As always, please follow us on Twitter at Habs Nightly and myself at Bayou Bender. Shout out Canadians Aggregator. They're always, always hooking us up with retweets and, and posting about us and shit. Also, our friend Michael, who's been on the pod numerous times, had a really nice thing to say about us the other day. He wants to be back on the podcast some more so he can talk mad shit about Dominic Ducharme, I'm sure. Uh, but, folks, this has been Habs Nightly. Thank you all so much for listening, and we'll talk to you guys again on Monday. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.